Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash petty revenge, where a food thief discovers that some stolen food has laxatives in it. Hey everyone, r slash here. I have a special announcement that I'm going to put in my episodes for the next week or so. Spotify has just released a new feature called sponsorships, which allows listeners to directly support my content. Plus, if you sponsor my podcast, you'll unlock extra content. Sometimes YouTube demonetizes one of my videos, so I publish that video on my Patreon. Now that Spotify has sponsorships, I can publish those demonetized episodes here as well. So if you want to support me and my content, then you can sign up for sponsorships for just $4.99 a month, which will gain you access to bonus ad-free episodes. And the best thing about this is that Spotify doesn't take a cut, so your money will go straight to supporting me and my content. Our next Reddit post is from Emerald Phoenix. I worked at a small company with approximately 35 employees. We had a good-sized kitchen with a fridge that several employees used, though most brought a lunch bag that they kept by their desk. The fridge was usually used for stuff that people wanted to keep really cold or for drinks. People would often open the fridge to find either their whole lunch missing or an item from it gone, or in my case, a can of cherry coke. We suspected who was stealing, but we could never prove it. But on this particular day, I was in a mood, so I figured that I would try to prove it. It was Karen's break time, and I went down to the kitchen about five minutes ahead of her and gave my Coke a really, really hard shake. I shook it so hard that I feared that it might actually pop in my hands, and then I placed it back in the fridge. Then I ducked into the storage closet that was in the kitchen and peeked out through the crack. Bingo! She took the Coke! I waited with my hand over my mouth for her to open it, but she took it with her and left. I thought that she was going to open it in the hall, but nope. As I left the kitchen, I hear her yell, What the f***? As I passed by Karen's office, coke was everywhere. The walls, the floor, the ceiling, her desk, computer, her work, and just all over everywhere. More importantly, the previous week we had all been given spill-proof cups that we were supposed to use at our desk because we all got new computers. Well, food never went missing again after that because Karen got fired. Down in the comments, we have this story from Loudco. I have a client who always buys me a very expensive bottle of rum after his yearly project is done. Last year, I made the mistake of leaving it sitting on my desk for a few days instead of taking it home right away. The warehouse guy, a barely functioning alcoholic, took it and drank it at home in one night. He was on camera clearly leaving my office with it, so he promised to replace it. Until he found out that it cost almost 200 bucks. He never did make good on his promise. The next year, I took my bottle of rum home right away, and I poured it into a nice decanter. Then I filled the expensive bottle with cheap rum. I also added an entire container of a powdered laxative that dissolves clear and tasteless. It took about an hour of vigorous shaking to get it completely dissolved. I took the bottle back to work and put it on my desk. More than a week had passed, long enough for me to think that the warehouse worker had changed his ways. But then, one morning the bottle was gone, and so was the warehouse worker. In fact, he was out for three days. He was let go due to too many absences, not to mention the thefts and overall poor work performance. I doubt it because I know how strong addiction can be, but I hope that I help to cure him of his thieving ways. Our next Reddit post is from Bronx Bell. This happened like 15 years ago, but it still makes me smile sometimes. I had just split up with my husband and I was moving out of our house. My half-sister moved in on the day that I moved out. My family was pissed that I was getting a divorce and absolutely supported her moving in with him. 
I said I thought it was weird that my sister and my ex-husband were sleeping together, and my grandmother insisted that it wasn't like that. My sister was telling everyone that she was sleeping in the guest room. The problem with that was that the guest room had been turned into a home gym with no room for a bed, and I knew that my ex would never give that up. So I dropped it and didn't say anything more, especially after he told me directly that they weren't sleeping together. I was there a few months later picking up the rest of my stuff that had been stored in the attic. I walk through the kitchen and see a prescription bottle sitting out. I took a look, and lo and behold, it's Valtrex in my husband's name. And to be clear, Valtrex is medication that treats herpes. I started laughing, and my ex-husband asked what was so funny. I replied, Well, since you swore up and down that you weren't sleeping with my sister, I saw no reason to tell you that my sister had herpes, and apparently she didn't tell you either. I'd love to hear him try to justify that to the extended family. Oh, no, I got herpes because she was using the gym equipment first, and then I sat where she sat. You see, that's what really happened here. Also, OP, your sister sounds like a real trash human being. She slept with her sister's ex-husband, and when she sleeps with someone, she doesn't warn them that she has an STD? Wow, that is truly trashy. Our next Reddit post is from Jay Rossetti. So, my landlord is kind of a B-word sometimes. I believe in being frank and honest with whomever I'm renting with so they can prepare and know what's up. When COVID hit, I gave a heads up that we'd be fine for a few months due to savings, but it's possible that we might run into issues if the lockdowns lasted too long. But not to worry, because we get caught up as soon as we could with our three businesses. My landlord gave me this big lecture about how if we can't pay, we have to move out. And that she has lawyers for things like this, and she's going to send us a one-month letter. I blew her off after telling her that she should really talk to that lawyer of hers since she can't legally kick anyone out right now and that he would set her straight. Two months later, I told my landlord that finances were getting a little tight and we might run into trouble in a month or two, but I would make sure that she would have at least one month's notice. A few days later, the local paper put out an article that said that Illinois might pass a rent freeze and allow affected landlords and such to get paid out of a pot, so everyone was okay. This was great news. I sent my landlord the link, and she calls me on the phone to bark at me about how I need to just move out if I can't pay. And she has bills to pay and worry about, and she'll call her lawyer if she has to. I hung up on her mid-sentence. She called again. I ignored it. She texted me, saying the same thing that she was complaining about earlier. I told her she has to stop making idle threats. That whether she likes it or not, she's still bound to the law. Well, lucky for her, they haven't wiped out late fees for rent by now. But it is in my contract that we can pay up until the 5th with no late fees. So now, instead of paying my rent two or three days early, I have a monthly alarm set, and I send her funds at 10 minutes before the cutoff, and I take a screenshot. If they ever waive late fees and evictions, I fully intend to withhold her rent until the latest legal day possible. Down in the comments, we have this story from Cousin Love. When I was young, my mom was renting a small apartment from a real B-word of a woman. Mom was a single parent and, of course, struggled to make ends meet. She always paid the rent, but not always on time. The landlord decided enough was enough, so she evicted us during a typical Midwest winter when my mom was three days late on the rent. She threatened to sue my mom and all kinds of nastiness. So my mom paid the last rent payment to her, all of it in pennies. She got the pennies from the bank, unwrapped all of them, put them in a bag, and dumped the bag of pennies at the landlady's doorstep. They went everywhere. The sound of pennies hitting concrete was music to my mom's ears. 
I watched my mom turn and walk away with that sense of satisfaction smile on her face. The landlady just stood on the porch with a deer caught in the headlights look. Our next Reddit post is from Hello There. Background. I'm Hispanic born in the US, but my appearance makes me look like I'm Asian because I have squinted eyes from my dad's side of the family. Also, I speak two languages, Spanish and English. So it was the end of my fourth period, and after that period I go to lunch. I meet up with some of my friends to stand in the lunch line together. We begin talking about video games and such, and as we talk, a group of girls that were behind us waiting in line thought that no one could understand their secret language, which was Spanish. But I think nothing much of it, until they start talking badly about other people in the lunchroom. Like, for example, they said, Look at that kid, he looks like a dog. That did get my attention for a bit, but I ignored them. As soon as I started minding my own business with my friends, they started talking trash about me. Saying that I looked so ugly and other swear words in Spanish which really pissed me off. As soon as they were about to say more about my appearance, I said loudly in Spanish. Imagine calling people ugly even though they look worse. My friend knew what was going on at that point because they understood Spanish also. So my friend started laughing, saying that is so true in reference to those girls. The girls turned pale after they realized that we understood their language and they left the lunchroom. It was the best feeling ever because they got what they deserved. Ah, yes, the secret language of Spanish. I think I've heard of that. Considering that it's the second most spoken language in America and in the top five most spoken languages on planet Earth. Our next Reddit post is from Ungrateful Misfit. My next door neighbor is a Karen who recently adopted a few dogs. At first there was no issue, but then my driveway and lawn started getting more and more dog feces. Everyone else in the neighborhood who has dogs is very good at picking up after their pets, except for Karen. She denies that it's her dogs, despite security footage showing that it's clearly her and her damn dogs. The dogs are not trained well, Karen doesn't use leashes because they're barbaric, and sadly there's no law where we live about dogs being on leashes. She also put them on vegan diets, which is clearly not doing well for her dogs. Karen also leaves the dogs in her backyard, and they bark at everything. We tried calling the cops, but they don't do jack. The entire neighborhood is fed up with her. One day, another neighbor is having a barbecue, and the aroma wafts over to her house. Karen gets pissed and heads over to that neighbor's house and gives them a lecture about her animals. At this point, we have all had enough of Karen and her holier-than-thou attitude. From that day on, all seven homes surrounding Karen's decide to make Karen's days miserable. Since it's summer and we're all stuck at home anyway, we decide to start cooking outdoors. Some homes purposely get barbecue grills and smokers. I myself turn my fire pit into kitchen number two. Every day, at least one of us cooks some glorious meat dish and the aroma goes straight to Karen's home. I try to cook at least one thing outside, especially if it's extra aromatic. We all have plenty of wood thanks to one neighbor who recently took down a dead tree and gave everyone wood. A lot of wood. These smells, of course, make Karen's dogs go crazy. Karen complains and complains and even tries to call the cops, but obviously we're not doing anything wrong. I just got some brisket to smoke for 16 hours. My other neighbor plans to roast an entire pig. Down in the comments, it's crazy how many people are suggesting that OP just puts a bag over his hand, then picks up the poop and throws it at her house. Simple, but effective. Our next Reddit post is from Throwaway Help With Me. A little bit of backstory for you. I'm a 15-year-old girl, and I'll sometimes make dinner for me and my brother, who's 12, if I feel up for it. 
My parents and my older sister aren't usually home, so it's kind of up to me. My family also has a dog, Olive. We don't have a fenced-in backyard, so he has to go on walks around the block each time we take him out. Last night I asked my brother, Adam, what he wanted for dinner, and he said that he didn't want to eat anything that I make anymore because I'll use it to blackmail him into walking the dog. I think what Adam meant was like, I made you dinner, so now you have to walk the dog for me, but I never say that. We have a system in place for walking Olive, we just alternate. So anyway, he said that he wouldn't eat the food that I make anymore, which kinda hurt because I make us dinner a lot and I get in trouble if he doesn't eat. So I had a thought. I'll just make a bussin' dinner that he can't have. So I got started. I grabbed some biscuits to bake in the oven. I made two cheddar biscuits, two garlic bread biscuits, and four cinnamon sugar biscuits. Then onto the pasta recipe. I made rigatoni pasta and spiced up the tomato sauce with roasted minced garlic and chopped basil. Then I thought, shoot, I've got to have some vegetables with this. So I grabbed some frozen sweet corn and added seasoning and spices. The corn was effing amazing. Finally, I made a salad with Italian dressing and herb croutons. I literally felt so proud of myself. (laughs) Me too, OP. I'm actually salivating reading this story. Of course, eventually, Adam came downstairs and said that something smelled good. And I looked him in the eyes and said, not to you it doesn't. After I finished my dinner, I made Adam some chicken nuggets and a salad. He was a little disappointed, but hey, screw him. After I was done cooking, I put my food on low heat while I walked Olive. Then when I got back, I set my food down in front of the TV, put on an anime, and ate my heavenly dinner while Adam ate his sad chicken nuggets and salad. OP, your little brother is a fool. If you could get that meal in exchange for just walking the dog, then sign me up for that every single time. Walking the dog isn't even unpleasant, it's kind of fun, so I have no idea where Adam is coming from in this story. Our next Reddit post is from Ted Case. Background, I worked for an education company that provides supplementary classes to rich kids. I just recently quit after two and a half years. Two weeks ago, my company asked me to teach a history course. I say no problem, but I haven't taught history in a while, so I'll need some time to prepare the course. But otherwise, sure, I'm happy to. My company said, don't worry, we prepared the material for you. You just need to teach the class. It starts tomorrow, thanks. So I look at the material, and it couldn't be more useless. It was just a couple of pages photocopied from some random kid's history book. Altogether, the lesson plan was completely incoherent. I thought, man, I am screwed. I then spent the next few nights making a complete two-week course on World War II, planning the course the way that I would teach it. My plan involved going through all the theaters and major events of the war from start to finish. I made interactive maps on Blender, video clips from movies, lesson plans, etc. I was quite proud of the end result. It's only a two-week course, so I can have a good beginning, middle, and end. I completed the course on Friday, which was coincidentally my last day at the company. The kids are happy, I'm happy, well done everyone. I just got a message from the company on a Sunday night asking me for the material for the third week. Huh? The third week of a two-week course? Now that I've left, they want to keep the course running because it went so well. So I sent their random photocopied textbook pages back to them and said, You're welcome. Excellent petty revenge, OP. First you taught the kids a lesson, then you taught your boss a lesson. Our next Reddit post is from another minion. Many moons ago, after my divorce, I saved up enough money to move from my apartment, a building with 12 units, and buy a house. I was really excited and I told my favorite neighbor. 
He told me to not even bother trying to get my security deposit back because the landlord never returned security deposits. I turned in my notice, and the landlord didn't even bother to do a final walkthrough. After 30 days, I emailed her and asked about my deposit. No response. I filed a small claim court case for the deposit. This lovely lady's strategy was to hire a lawyer and bump it up to the next higher court. Most people would just quit after bumping it up to the next higher court. I had some spare time, and I've always loved a good game of strategy. I double-checked with the court to make sure that I could represent myself. I then sent a certified letter to her attorney asking for a full disclosure of the evidence being presented. I owe a huge thank you to all those TV shows that explain what full disclosure is. A week later, I received a call from her lawyer asking what I wanted to avoid court. Settlement accomplished. Now, on to the petty revenge. I let my neighbor know how to get his deposit back when he was ready to move. Then, he let the other tenants know how to get their deposits back. OP1, landlord, negative 12. And on top of that OP, if your landlord illegally tries to withhold a deposit, you can get double or triple your damages. That was r slash petty revenge, and if you like this content, check out my Patreon where I publish extra episodes. Also, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.